Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, the chubby chief, Joseph Holbert. Joseph, how are you? Jeremy, do you like this podcast? Not really. Get off, um, just stop doing it then. If you don't right. like it, get okay. off. I've had enough of it. I've had enough of your negativity. There you go, it's much better. I'm tired of it, folks. I'm absolutely tired of just the constant whining and complaining from my co-host, Jeremy Lambert. In all seriousness, I hope he returns because I don't actually know what we're talking about. And this bit was not thought out as much as I, you know, kind of, as I was going through it, it seemed funnier, but now I'm just left on my own. Not so good. Um, I do see a super chat from JJ, who's saying hello to my favorite big star. <laughs> Jeremy clicks the super chat for me. <laughs> hope you are both good. Getting my COVID shot next week. I'm I'm on a couple weeks from now, JJ, so we're putting the same timeline here. He thanks us for being awesome and says he loves us both. Jeremy, that feels like a point for you to return. He loves us both. He doesn't want he doesn't want us being, you know. Even though I can't stand my own podcast, I can't stand wrestling, I can't stand yeah. anything right now in the in the entire world. Uh I, I'm here. I'm here. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh what, what? oh my god. Joseph, this man, he's he's lost it. He was looking at this NXT takeover in your house card that he put together, and he's like, "What are we doing? What are yeah. we doing out here?" He's going to blame Sean, and they're going to their friendship will come to an end, and it will be <laughs> a glorious. By the way, speaking of Triple H, did you see that? Um, I don't know if we can talk about this on air. Did you see like the AEW creative leak, like Tony Khan's spreadsheet got sent around? Did you get this? No. What? All right. I'm going to say what's on here. This is, this is <laughs> scoop. Okay. And you can fire back at me, Jeremy, your thoughts, okay? Co-main, double or nothing, 2021. Sting, 
over Jean-Paul Levesque, Las Vegas, Nevada. What are you saying? That's what. The, so I, I'm not saying Triple H is leaving. I'm just saying it certainly seems like he's getting fired. You know, because wow. that's what's on the leaks, bro. That's what Tony's got in his spreadsheet, and you know he doesn't. He doesn't go from when he's got it locked in. It's him. What do you think, Jeremy? Is this the same spreadsheet that had the media payroll list yes. that AEW yeah. had? We're climbing. Oh. Yeah. Do you see us? We're like, like we used to be at the rock, rock bottom, but now as more people pretend to like NXT and we don't <laughs> ever do that, we, we keep popping above them, you know? But he did, he, I what do want to make clear that if I ever stop liking AEW, I will simply stop watching it and this podcast will be no more. <laughs> uh, but Ryan says, Thankful for all your daily content on Patreon. Why did I read it like that? <laughs> content on Patreon. Not a big reader, but you two have a way with words. You guys are the total package of media. Glad to be a fan. With a Lex Luger of media, Joseph. I feel like that's an insult. I don't know. Mm, we can roll with WCW guys. We can. Yeah. We, we like the legs, right? We can deal with the legs. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking? Let's talk about NXT TakeOver. In your house, Joseph. Remember this time last year when they brought it back and we said we were going to ban the program if they didn't have the in-your-house in set? And they had the in-your-house set and we still banned the program. Can we just go back oh, to that man. where we just never talked about NXT? No, we I can't. This is so much better. I used to watch more than just AEW then. And then now that AEW is on Fridays, I have, I literally have nothing to talk about. So we have to do NXT. That feels like so long ago, Jeremy. Like, I mean, it that was feels like a, year a decade. It feels like a decade, yeah. though. Does feel like it was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I think we have to be very careful with this because I know that we have powers in the chat that are fans of the NXT, and they're going. They can, they can oh, leave. They can leave. <laughs> they don't like the show. They can get out of here. <laughs> you know, they're, they're aware that we we are what the industry would call haters. Fair. Well, I do think this is like while the consensus, and I haven't watched close enough to give you my take on this, folks, but the consensus is the TV has improved. Jeremy has his own take and says it's, a, it's like a he's been hoodwinked and such. Yeah. But the take is, the general take, though, you'd agree, like, is that the TV's got better, right? No. Okay. This does feel like a... I don't want to say it's like a crisis. That's way dramatic. But when you look at this show, this has got to be one of the weakest takeover cards on paper in, like, some time. This feels this feels very bare bones, and I, I get that someone would say, "Well, you know, it's because their top five guys are in one match." But I didn't. That's not my fault, is it? They booked that, you know. I mean, they can't help it, Joseph. They can't help. They can't help it. They just threw their top five guys in one match. I just, I, I don't like. So I'm very distant from everything because I don't like wrestling. But I, I check the NXT card because I'm going to review it on Monday on Twitch. You're going to be there with me, Jeremy, and we'll go through. You know, you love going match by match, right? And we're going we're gonna to do that for NXT, and it's like, I look at the card, and this isn't going to be very good, I don't think. I mean, it, it should be fine. Be you do? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. Like, on paper, it, are these the best matches in the world? No, but, like, the the talent is still very good. You know what I mean? Like, like the talent's good, and I think the matches will be good. Okay. Let's go. Let's just do this hit by hit. Okay. What are, so, what are you most confident in being good? The six-man. Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah, I agree. That would be very good. Ember and um, Raquel, right? We can lock that in. That would be good. Ember's great. Raquel plays her role very well. Um, yeah. yeah. That would be good. Right, now the rest. We need to uh, – I don't know. I, I know I nothing about – I have not seen – like, Zaylia I've not seen in extended matches personally, so I can't comment on that. 
I don't think that's it's going to be an extended match, honestly. I, I think Mercedes will kind of get a little bit early, and then Zaya will, will put her away, and that's that's how it'll go. I don't think this is going to be like a okay. super extended type match. If it Which is, could, right. it could it could fall apart a little bit, but I think that thing's going like five minutes or so. So in that case, it can only have such a negative effect, right? Like, it's fine. Yeah. Are we... I don't know. Do we just think Cameron Grimes is going to, like, pull this one out, this ladder match with LA Knight? Like, I don't know. He's going to do something. He's going to do something spectacular. And, like, is it going to be a ladder match that I remember? No. Why is it a ladder match, Joseph? Can you explain this to me? Ted DiBiase, never been in a ladder match, by the way. Has, has like, no history with ladder matches. Doesn't... Hmm. I guess he's cl- he's climbed a court. He hasn't even climbed like a corporate ladder. He's just he's just a rich dude. Like it just comes out. He's like, oh, we're gonna make this a ladder match. Why? Why does Ted DiBiase need this to be a ladder match? Why does it make it some, something else like a body slam challenge? Doesn't he like to do that shit? I feel like he did that once or twice, right? Like I just I don't. I guess my my question would be to your question. My my question would be, well, is an LA night match better? in this setting where it's like, at least it will be like Cameron can do stunts and crazy shit. Like, how about don't, we know how about what the don't put it, how right, about yeah, don't LA, LA Knight in this match? Don't, don't put LA Knight in this. Match. I agree. But like, you know, we can only look at what we've got given here. And it's like, what are, I don't, by the way, guys, I do not dislike LA Knight. Everyone else in wrestling media does. Don't know why. Fine. I have no issue. I'm good promo. No issue. But Joseph, you like when he goes, listen here, dummy. Sure, that. man. Sure. Look, if, if you poke fun at any wrestling catchphrase ever, it is dumb. It's they're all wrestling catchphrases, you know. Um, I my take on it would be: I feel like a twelve minute just straight singles match between these two would be a lot less fun than a ladder match will be. So, be. yeah, I get you. It doesn't mean it's good, but like, hey, on, you were the one that was telling me the card was good, pal. I'm just I'm trying to play with the with what you're giving me. I don't right? like so, that. You know, I don't like this shoehorned okay. ladder bullshit. So then it comes down to the. Basically, the the qualifier for what you said is you you assume the main event is going to be very good, right? Yeah, I mean, the, there's four of these talents are very good, so I think it's going to be a fine match because you know they'll they'll all roll in the outside. It'll be a bunch of singles matches. And it'll be good. It's just, you know, when we had our conversation about like Omega in a triple threat, it felt very just tacked on and like last minute. Like, oh, let's just put two top contenders and they'll they'll figure out a great match. I mean, this is that times a thousand, isn't it? A five way. Like, who needs a five? I mean, do we really need to do this? Is oh. this, here's the big question to me. Is this to protect Cross on the finish? Or yes. to protect Cross's performance? Or both. both? Yeah. Yeah, both. I think it's both. I, I so think it's think more to protect up? him. Yeah, I think, think he's, he's going, going up. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's to protect him on the finish more than anything. Because I don't know if they're necessarily like unhappy. With his performance, maybe they are because they got Adam Cole burying him, you. and like they they got Cole being like, "Yeah, you got all this cool intro and all this stuff." Like for me, they just ring the bell. Like they got Cole burying him as far as his in ring performances go. So maybe they are unhappy with that aspect. But the the consensus I kind of get is like they aren't. Like they think the Balor matches mm-hmm. were good and like they were fine. They thought the Keith Lee match was good. It wasn't. Um, but I, I don't think they're unhappy with, with that aspect of it. I think it's to protect him on the finish. My issue is like, we just got a bunch of losers in this match. Adam Cole just lost. Johnny Gargano just lost. O'Reilly is deserving. Uh, and I think Dunn beat Kushida at the last takeover. So, like, that, that's fine too. The way they set it up was just so predictable. 
though. Like, oh, it's a triple threat match. And then here comes Adam Cole to ruin it. Like, the setup was just bad. It's just like, let's just throw them all together into one match. Bill's Mafia is saying he just runs through all of them. Like, look, if they want to do that and they, like, really want to go full bore with Karrion Cross, I'd actually kind of respect that. Is that something I would do when the, the viewership continues to drop? No. But I would respect that they just want to be like, hey, this is our guy. We're – He's clearly head and shoulders above the rest of these guys. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that, though. I'm very scared because you just froze for me, and I'm not sure if that means I froze for you. Very scared about that. It worries me about my internet connection, but I'll continue. Am uh, I sounding okay? Am I here? Am I good? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I think you're spot on when you say that your assumption is they're happy with Cross. I think he's the actually the kind of guy that they all sit behind the curtain and say, oh, he's methodical and he gets it. I really do believe that. I think, you know, I, I think... Whatever the perception is online of him, I think they see it the other way. I think there's an opportunity with the booking you just mentioned of cross running for everyone. Now, again, we're trying to speak objectively because we both, if we're just doing what we want to do, he's not going to do that, right? Do we not think there's a chance for him to kind of send some of these guys off? Because I know it's not going to happen, Jeremy, but some of these guys just don't need to be in NXT anymore. And frankly, this is not me criticizing Triple H. It would take a really good creative team to keep some of these guys like fresh. Who are you like? Who are you sending off though? Because if you look at it, like I don't think Gargano's going anywhere. Not with like the way stuff. They they love that, and I like I enjoy that stuff too. He's not just gonna leave. Like all all of them are going up to the main roster. There's still too much to do with Austin, Candice, and Indy, and the the Dexter Loomis stuff. Hey, do you know that Candice and Indy are the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Really glad they have those belts to put them on this show. Uh, you know, that, that was a great, tremendous, tremendous call. So I don't think Gargano's going anywhere. O'Reilly and Cole, like, they're still Undisputed Era split stuff. And they haven't done yet. Like, O'Reilly and Cole's only one thing. I know, but, like, I'm just saying. That's only one thread they've touched on. They got Roderick Strong, who just quit. He, like, he legit just quit. He's like, here's my papers. I'm done. <laughs> done with this shit. Bobby Fish is, you know, he's back uh, to, to bring the split. So, like, there's still more stuff they can explore there. Don is, like, the one guy who you can kind of, like, potentially go to the main roster. But, like, he ain't going to the main roster, right? Like, they don't have a spot for, for Pete Dunn. That's not a guy that Vince is like, oh, yeah, I got to have Pete Dunn on my roster here. I just, I don't see any of these guys moving up. There's actually more you can still do with them in NXT. And I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad or that I have faith in any, any of it, but like there's still more options they can explore with a lot of these guys. And Cross is the one guy it's like, all right, what are you really going to do with him? Unless you just keep making him a dominant champion. See the thing, my takeaway is the way he feels like a very much a main roster act. But I, I understand what you're saying. It would be a lower yeah. on the card. But it's like, okay, we both agree Candice would obviously make both divisions better, right? Now, that doesn't mean it would actually be any help to them because we don't know what they'd do with her. We have a lot of evidence it wouldn't be good. I just, it really feels like, you know, the, the report was uh, you know, about the draft and all that good stuff. And it's like, it feels like this is a chance to just, just start fresh, man. You know, start fresh and... And, and that means sending guys down too. And if they don't want to, I mean, they've been pretty ruthless recently. I'm sure I'm sure no one's ready to be like, no, nah, I'm cool up here. Because at this point, they've shown you what their you know mentality is. I just, and look, I'm maybe not a person to ask, right? Maybe there's an NXT loyal, loyalist that doesn't want to lose any of these guys. To me, I'd, I don't see what's being gained here at this point. 
it's just like you're just going in circles. And I've um, Lewis says about Gargano winning the title, and I've seen people suggesting on Twitter, and it's like, does anyone need that though? I mean, we all think highly of Johnny, but does anyone need him as heel champ right now? I, I don't. But I, but then if you ask me who I want to be champ, it's like someone brand new, you know, a Swerve, a Bronson Reed, and these guys are they feel firmly in the tier below that. I think obviously Bronson. Johnny got him up there a little bit and then put him over with the It just it, it feels like it needs fresh ingredients, man. Like I mean it's easy for us to sit and dunk on Triple H or ever, and I think some of it's deserved, some of it's not. But the reality is NXT has lost its most refreshing trait, which is that guys don't stick around forever and ever. Well and Joseph, that's a problem. It, it evolves, you know. The the yeah. it matures, the brand grows. This is what Triple H told me an hour no. ago is no. that you can't just have guys go up. All the time. Sometimes you you, you got to think long you. term. <laughs> Literally, just, just speaking you. directly to me. That's for that Jeremy Lambert piece of shit out there. <laughs> you know, it has to grow. It can't just be you cycle guys in and out and stuff. That was the knock on it before. Remember, Joseph? They're like, "Oh, is it a developmental?" And then people were complaining that guys were being cycled in and out too much. Now we're all complaining that guys are sticking around too long. Make up your mind, Joseph. I what do you go. want out of the I brand? Don't... I know you're doing a bit, but like people actually think that, and I can't confirm. I never, ever, ever, ever. Now look, this is going to become a bigger conversation, and it's going to need to because we have nothing else to talk about. So here we go, Jeremy. We will now talk about NXT for another hour. Um, there was a point in time, and this is a very necessary point to make. I would say, from how do I how do I kind of ponder this? From maybe Neville forward or Sami Zayn forward. Every NXT champ for a while was a guy that you could see working semi at least on top in WWE. Would you agree with that? So, like, for example, when Finn was on top NXT, what was everyone saying? I can't wait to see him as WWE champ. Samoa Joe, Shin, um, Bob Roode, like, it it sounds funny now, but, like, Bob Roode was a guy that people were booking higher on the card than he ended up. They they were, but, you know, people can dunk on that, but they were. He dropped it to Drew. Drew's obviously gone and done that, Andrade. Okay, now we hit a very important point in the timeline because Andrade goes to Black who then we move into the Champa Gargano chapter. And why this is interesting is the Gargano Champa chapter is really, I would assume if you ask people that work in XT and were involved, that's like the magnum opus, right? That's their ultimate feud that they built internally. They set up that team and they did the story and they, you know, did all the turn and all that stuff. And I think, look, I was at the first match they had. It was wonderful. So I'm, I'm not here to, to knock it. I think they are running to the ground a little bit. But it seems clear to me that particularly in the case of Gargano, everyone involved is aware he's just less valuable in the hands of a Vince McMahon than he is Triple H, right? He's not a top guy for Vince McMahon. And, and, and that isn't a knock on him. And he could say to that, hang on a second, <laughs> you know, uh, Daniel Bryan. And that's fair, right? but... Generally speaking, he's always felt like a guy that would be firmly underneath, and they don't want that, so they keep him in XT. Champa doesn't want to go up because, frankly, I think the same fate would, would kind of suit him. So it's like, okay. So at that point, it feels like NXT firmly moved towards, like, super indie officially, to me anyway. The problem with that is our current two champs feel like developmental champs, and that's when the lack of identity that we had Phil Lindsay, the great Phil Lindsay, on our show last week on Twitch, and he really hit this perfectly the lack of identity then becomes troubling because it's like, okay, objectively, I think it's very good for Raquel that she's getting this title run. But if you're just a third brand slash like super indie WWE, she's not a top five women's wrestler on that roster, right? I'm not, it's not a diss to her. Like that's a stacked roster. 
this is where you get a problem. Carrying Cross is the same thing. You just said you don't know what to do with Carrying Cross NXT. I don't either. <laughs> but that's because it feels like and it all because they feel like a super indie. So I say all of this to make no real point, Jeremy, other than we need at some point someone needs to put their hand up and actually say, What is this show that we're booking here? Is it a hybrid? Because that feels like it's difficult to do at this point. To me anyway. I don't know. It's metal main roster, Joseph. That's what it is. <sighs> It's it's metal main roster. It's the same nonsense you get on the main roster, but Triple H puts screaming metal music and lowers the lights down for it, and and that's what it is. That's it. Right. But how do we... (laughs) So Karrion Cross does feel very metal. And I mean that as a dunk, I'm going to be honest. Um, (laughs) I don't know about... I don't know about... I mean, I just... I don't know what the show is. I understand your explanation. I just... I wish they were more... They don't know what it is. They they don't know what it is. So how are we supposed to know Mm -hmm. what what this show is? They don't know if it's developmental. They don't know if it's a third brand. I think we've said it for a very long time that, like, you should treat it like a third brand. And by that, I mean, you don't have to give them a bunch of wins at Survivor Series to make it be like, oh, see, we're equal footing and stuff. Like, actually use it as a territory system. Like, hey, this guy on Raw isn't working out anymore. Let's put him on NXT. This guy on NXT isn't working out anymore. Let's put him on SmackDown. This guy on SmackDown isn't working. Like, actually rotate people in and out to keep them fresh mm-hmm. and to keep feuds fresh. They don't do that with NXT. Sometimes they get people called up, but then if they do get called up, there's no actual ties to like their NXT persona, and that's the like that's the knock on it, right? Is that yes. they they don't um they, they, there's no ties to it. It's like, okay, they lost in NXT, and then they come up, and then the person they were in NXT has no bearing on what they do in mm-hmm. the main roster. At least when people go down to NXT, like it does freshen them up a little bit. Like I think we both agree that like Balor seems better in yes. NXT, Ember Moon better in NXT. It's when they get moved up to Raw or SmackDown, this is Triple H's kind of complaint, is they're misused. Because, you know, you get moved from the college to the NFL. It's a different system. You have to learn a different playbook and everything. And sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. Never mind that they control this actual booking and stuff. Um, but that's how it should be utilized. Just make it a third right. brand and kind of move guys around to keep them fresh. See, ideally, you have three brands and each of them have their own identity and personality, right? So if, what that would mean is if we're all locked into three brands – and we say, okay, NXT we want to be our kind of pure wrestling work rate promotion. I know he hates that word, but that's what it is, right? That's what their fans believe it is. That would then mean that in, a, in an ideal world, they sign Kerry and Cross and they say, this is going to be an elaborate, kind of spectacular entrance and presentation. He's more of a attraction than a bell-to-bell guy. So you put him on whichever brand that means he'd better fit, SmackDown or Raw, Right. But because they still believe it's the entry point, we run into this problem. And I think that's the that's the issue with what we know what we're trying to get at. Now, audible positive note, because I don't, I don't want to talk about this for too long. It's, you know, it's pointless, isn't it? We don't like it. Why do we watch it? I don't watch it is the answer to that. Um, I watch it because I have to cover it. I'm very excited for this. Eh, that's a lie. I'm, I will watch. <laughs> in, I will intently watch this Ember Moon uh, Raquel Gonzalez match. I mean, it's, I mean, it should be very good. This is a big test for Raquel, man. Because if you're like a big, you know, I'm kind of a monster hero, I guess you, you would frame her as at this point. There's like very few opponents better for that than Ember Moon, who is just spectacular in the in the opposing role of fighting from underneath. So I'm excited for that match as 
a match. I think he's going to be very good. But I'm also intrigued as like a case study on where actually is Raquel at because Ember is, I mean, Ember's just, she's elite in a way that will only be appreciated. She's like a top five draft pick for you. She's spectacular. I mean, I, I've said it a million times. I've said it a million and one times and I'll keep doing it because no one else talks about it. Like the fact that she came back from that injury and is this good is outrageous. Like it's it should be a just talking point every week, but it, she, she's someone that you know she has her issues with promos and stuff. I personally think she's pretty charismatic. I've always she always gets over well live. She has an issue, I think, getting her personality like across in promo segments. And I I don't think they've done a very good job of exploring different ways of doing it. They just have their way, and it's like you know trying to fit people in. But she's you know I think as a talent in ring, she's one of the best in-ring talent you'll probably ever see in the women's division. Like, and I, I, they might sound hyperbolic, guys, but, I'm, I mean, her offense is outrageous, right? Like, her shit looks incredible. And she and she's just as explosive on the cell. So, oh, I love Ember. I'm excited for the match. I'm glad she's in this spot. Um, what's next for her after this, though, is where you kind of go, are they just going to do the, the classic, like, she turns heel on, shows like it's like, sure, man. Like, they do it with everyone, so probably. But. I don't think so. I, I think Ember loses... I think Shotzi returns. I mean, she says she's injured. Um, I feel like it's it's storyline. I don't know that for certain. It's just uh, how I'm reading things. Um, I, I think Shotzi returns. I, I think they're going to do a Dakota and Raquel turn at some point. Like, that's what it seems like they're setting up as. I don't know if, if that does happen. What do we think of – I'm just going to throw this out there. We talked about, you know, it used to be the champion would have a little run – lose the title, go up to the main roster, right? What if that's the case here with both champions? Cross loses, Ember lose, or Ember wins, and, and Raquel and Cross are our main roster bound, both of them. I'm sorry to hear that would be my initial response. No, I, I mean, look, I think it's a matter of where you're going. And I know that's a ridiculous answer, Jeremy, because we both agree they wouldn't have an idea. But So we're carrying Cross, we can dunk all we want. If, if they have a like a spot open and a vacancy for a, a top heel, they or do. Baby just, they'll just they'll just bring in Cross and put him in the Alistair Black spot. They'll be like, "Look, it's Alistair Black." See, you kid, but like, sure, right? Like, to them, it's no different. It's just you know, bald guy, not bald, be a tattooed guy that's spooky. See, you, you know, if you have him in a position where you slot him in, I think that's fine. Because the thing with Cross is, whether you think he's brilliant or awful, he is who he is. See, like he's. He's been around now, and he knows what he's doing. He knows his skill set. You can like it or dislike it. That's true. You know, you're obviously inside that opinion. Raquel's someone I'd be more protective of because I think Rhea Ripley is, you know, Rhea Ripley is showing us that, like, it's hard up there, man. Yeah. It's it's actually – people might not not agree with this because it's very gimmick and stuff, but I really think it's the hardest place to get over, man. Like, Raw or SmackDown, to actually get over and not just lose your whole identity – I think is so hard. And I don't think we talk about it enough because we're all so detached. Like I love Rhea Ripley. I, I always have. I think I think she's such a great kind of like build around her for a decade and change. But I watch some of this stuff she does on Raw and I'm like it's it's flat enough, Jeremy, that I'm left questioning if I still like Rhea Ripley. And I know I do. I think the world of her is a talent. But they've lost to me, they've lost her her personality. And I'm not saying she was ever Ric Flair. She wasn't. But like I don't even know who she is or her identity. Does that make sense? Like, it's just so cookie cut. I don't think Raquel would fare any better, unfortunately. So it's it's difficult. I um 
I mean, Cross would make sense, frankly. I, I mean, at this point, like, the NXT fit's probably not there. If you think highly of him, man, go it. Like, you know, try your best. See what Serik does. Um, Raquel, I'd be protective of. Oh, I'm with you. I... I would keep Raquel in NXA, and I don't think Raquel is losing. Um, but yeah, main roster. Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley is the can she coexist girl, Joseph. That's been her feuds in WWE, is can she coexist with this person she's about to face? That's it. That's what it's I know not, about Rhea Ripley on the main roster. She like, Actually, no one knows if she's a hill or a baby face. No. Which no. is no ideal. No ideal. <laughs> because it depends on who she's facing. Joseph, can she coexist with this person? If she can, then she might be a heel. If she can't, she might be a baby face. No one knows. It's great. It's 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 shades of gray, Joseph. That's what we, we love, just, right? We love the shades of gray. We do. We we absolutely love being complicated at who we're supposed to like on wrestling. Um look, I think she's someone that has so much going for her. And when I see them emphasizing all of the things that she currently struggles with, I am like, it's a level of perplexity. I'm like, do they want her to succeed? I mean, I assume so. She's won the title a month into a run, but like, I watch it. And I'm, but then but this is the thing is, uh, I don't want to make this a like fed bad shit. Cause like, honestly, we should all just follow the advice. If we don't like it, we should just stop watching. Who gives a shit? Right. But I watched this segment that they did with Paul Bailey. And it's like, like, I understand that Bailey's funny, but, like, she doesn't have to be a full-on, like, stand-up comic now, you know? And not everyone has to be. Everyone has to. They find something, and it's like, okay, that is now who she is, right? She's full of just shtick. And it, it, I just, uh, you know, I'm left, I'm left concerned about the whole division, and the only reason I'm not more concerned is because, A, I try not to care, and, B, more importantly, because the men is, like, equally just... Just absolutely flat and uninteresting. So, other than Roman, obviously, we, we know what we think about Roman, but it's a bummer, man. It's, it's an all time crew of talent they've got there, on the, especially on the female side. And it's. They got the best talent, best female performers in, in wrestling, WWE does. That's where yeah, all but, the best female performers are. Look, I might get dunked on for this, but like, in terms of if you're trying to maximize ceiling as a woman's wrestler, would you agree WWE is probably the place you would go? If you, if you hit, if you hit that, you know, it's tough. We agree it's tough. Main event in WrestleMania is a possibility now. So it's like, I, I get it. I understand. I think talent-wise, I don't think Triple H is wrong when he says that the, right. all the top females uh, are here. I mean, yeah. obviously, there there are some exceptions and stuff. But like right. talent-wise, yeah, their roster is incredible. The, the problem is they have poor coaching. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like you use real sports terminology there, pal. I, I think it's actually the, the, uh, the UFC comparison is good where it's like, the UFC don't have every great fighter in the world. They just have the most of them, right? They have, yeah. like, the majority. Is that deal? I think, mean, you know, the, like we spoke last week about how Ruby Wright would come in as a, as a top three AEW woman, and it's like she wasn't that over there. And, and that's not me, you know, and that, that's proof that wrestling isn't all about the talent, but it's about creative. It's about, you know, planning and all that good stuff. But it's, you know, stuff you can't control. Exactly, right. So I, I think it's interesting because I, I do think – we, we shouldn't lose sight of, okay, progress has been made. But at some point, when you hear some of the stuff you hear and you watch some stuff you watch, it's like not all progress is good, you know? Like, is it cool that Alexa yeah, it's Shane... it's pretty bad. If you, yeah. if you watch it on Saturdays, it's pretty horrible. I definitely don't watch it. Um, <laughs> only policemen should be watching that show. Yeah. Right, look, I think when you say... So, for example, okay, you could say, if you were being very positive, you could say, man... A non-title feud like Alexa and Shayna closing Raw. 
look how far we've come. And I would say, yes, if I watch the segment, I am less certain that we've come very far at all. But it's, you know, there's progress and we can we can debate whether it's whether it's uh, worthwhile or not. But my issue is I look at the women's division and it's some of the greatest talent in the world and I do not care about any of these people. <laughs> and that's not ideal, Jeremy. That is not ideal. But we'll move on from the, the Fed. We don't need to do it. Your Bailey point, real quickly, is I, I said this months ago, or whenever she came out, and it was probably months ago. It was right after WrestleMania, right? Um, and she laughed at Bianca, and she did. She did her laugh, and people were like, "Oh, this is so great, Bailey!" She just laughs in her face and everything. And I was like, "She's gonna do this for five months, and that's gonna be the entire feud, because they they latch on to this laugh, and that's gonna be her whole character. There's not gonna be anything else to it." That's all it's going to be. And that's all it's been for two months now. If she doesn't, Bailey like, has turned into a very good promo. She turned into a very good character with this stuff. And like all that she's been dropped and now she just laughs. It's like, here, just do this. This is what the people want. And then they put it on all the, all the Thunderdome screens because, you know, why not? It's I need to explain my progress quote because Hidden Eagle 1990 is very upset at me. And rightly so because it's very poor English. What I mean is, Hidden Eagle 1990, it is definitely objective progress, right? But if self within said progress is bad enough, it will cause the <laughs> the adverse, the ref- not the, you know, the reaction you would want, is what I'm saying. I understand I, I it makes no sense, but you get my point. Is. I think it's progress the same way it's equality and that they're being booked just like the men, and that's what we want, that's, right? That's certainly true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You know, it, what, what if the men... The whole show was just the men, Joseph, and the women weren't just part of it. What if the women had their own show and were being booked like this? The fact that they're being booked together like this, I think that's progress, and I think that's exactly what equality is. I've never heard a different term this, for equality. Let's stop talking about this. This sucks. <laughs> this Super is, Chats. Man, uh, Antonio says, sorry, this has uh, nothing to do with what you're talking about. Good. That's what we're talking about. It's horrible. But I'm at work. How good was that Miro promo with that thunder? I've not seen this. I've not seen this, bro. Oh, it's on, it's on the Twitter. Yeah, it's on it's on his Twitter. Remember the one he cut last week or the week before with Archer and he's sitting by the pool and everything? Mm-hmm. It's it's in similar vein to that, where it's just him with his phone and it's uh it's dark out and he's cutting a promo on Evil Uno. And like right when he hits his crescendo, you can hear the thunder in the background. Oh my it's, god. Yeah, it's so good. It's so oh, good. I- his little like thirty second promo was one of the best things on Dynamite last week, right? Yeah, the, I mean it was great. I maybe we should talk about it now because I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm Bud Ryan about. says metal main oh. roster, metal main roster, and I, I cracked him up with that. I you know good. I like that. Go ahead. Is that okay? Just I, I mean, oh, there's a super chat. That's a super chat. chat. What do you it mean? It was a super chat. If you're gonna yeah. praise me in super chats, I mean all super chats get read, but especially if you're gonna praise me. You know what? I'm not even going to move on because I think it's worth talking about. Okay? <laughs> In a vacuum, some of the quotes we read today are meaningless. And in the grand scheme of the world, they are just meaningless anyway, right? I mean, it's just a, a guy talking about wrestling. Who cares? It's like you and I. None of this matters. However, it's genuinely relevant that there is this dynamic between the audience and the promotion. And the idea that the response to any criticism is, if you don't like it, stop watching. You know, like, you just, why are you analysing the stuff I make? And it's just, 
you know, at some point, man, and I'm, I'm not talking for anyone but myself on this because I've done it and I've walked that walk and I'm proud of it. At some point, it's like, you know what, like, fine, I'll, I won't then. I'll stop watching. I'll stop caring. Fine. Because at some point, you just, you, you'll be like basically insulting me for caring. Yeah. And that's, I don't, I don't want to get on here and whine. Probably a little bit late for that. But I just, <laughs> I, look, I don't want to make a big deal of a dumb quote because we all have dumb quotes. I just had one a minute ago about pressure. But at the same time, I do think it's important to realise why there is such a resentment, such an animosity between the audience and the promotion. It's because people are tired of being told, no, you actually want this. No, actually, you don't know what you like or this like. And it's just, some, some fans probably are very fickle. But it seems, it does, it's not a coincidence to me that they have this just such a seemingly toxic relationship with their own audience. It's, it's, it's really puzzling. I find it to be frustrating as a fan. They've been doing this for years like that's the thing is like this stuff isn't even new the the mark quote by by triple h is how old now like they they've been doing this for years the Mm -hmm. all the people are the authority you know and then they they want to uh do interviews media calls and whatnot and talk about how they listen to the fans they listen to the fans and but then they're also saying hey if you don't like it don't watch they're just as fickle as the the fans are they don't know what they're doing yeah but I, I'm totally with you. I, I'm totally with you. I mean, I know you've like checked out on caring about a lot of this stuff. I have too. Like, I, I gotta watch the shows. I gotta watch to cover. But Raw, I don't watch Raw anymore. I don't have to cover it anymore. We don't. We don't have a reason mm. to discuss it on this show. Our show's not gonna live or die if we give our opinions on Raw. So, you know, if there's something that like I watched the Shayna segment because a lot of people were talking about it. Everything else, I haven't seen a second of anything else that happened on Raw. I watched that one thing right. because it was goofy and wacky and in the point of discussion. We're not even talking about it on the show, though. I don't watch anything from that. I wouldn't watch SmackDown if I didn't have to. I'd watch the Roman stuff. I wouldn't watch NXT. Like, they're, they're not wrong. And, like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Just don't. But, and the thing is, like, people aren't. People are not watching it anymore. Right. Like, you can look at the viewership, and they can talk about linear eyeballs and all this stuff, but... You can just look at the numbers, and people are not watching it. It's a shame. That's all why. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to dwell on it because it's like, what's it? It's not a shame. Right? They treat us like we're idiots. No, but so... it's, it's, it's a shame because it's like there are still people that hang on to it. And, like, for example, okay, we have peers that, like, actually emotionally responded to how bad the Shayna Alexa thing was. And it's like, I know what your reaction was because it was the same as mine. We just were like, look at these goofs, you know? Yeah. I'm amazed that everyone else hasn't reached this point. I'm glad they're optimistic enough to avoid said just like just absolute defeated, like, you know, where we're at. But it goes back to what I said last week. That's why it's good that more and more talent is out of that system because I just think it's I, I think it's a pretty sad state. I, I really do. Right? And the thing with the viewership stuff is is obviously perspective matters and they're still doing okay, right? You know, they're not like yeah, they're still ones. good when it comes to like demo. Right. They're top of the cable ratings and everything. Exactly, so, and, and that yeah. matters. You know, yes, we're not we're not does. here to we're not here to do Fed Dead and all that shit. It's just I think it's it's important. I don't want to advise or lecture on, but if you're a fan that gets like actively upset about watching, I would strongly recommend like try to reframe what they're in your mind because I did it many many months ago, maybe longer than that years, but I still have conversations like this where I'm like, man, I don't want it to be like groundbreaking. 
but it's kind of a bummer that there's this just such, such toxicity and like just anger between the people that want to enjoy the product and those creating. Like it's just it's just not a good deal. I don't know, Joe. We should probably move on because it's like what, are, what is there left to say? But I think it's worth having the conversation because people will notice they've watched your show for the longest that we want just to like break down every show equally. And we just you just said like I don't watch any of those shows. So we end up just not talking, not talking about them. And if you like the Dirty YouTube guys, I apologise. But like, it's what I need to do for my own, just being content with covering this stuff. And it doesn't help that I'm constantly told that I shouldn't have an opinion anyway. It's like, okay, fine, I won't. So I mean, that's, that's, my, that's where I'm at on it. I will say this. If you are someone who still is invested and wants to be invested, honestly, more power to you. Like, yeah. it, There's nothing wrong with doing investment. I, I don't think right. this is going to be a great analogy, but I, I since I just wrote this piece on uh, patreon.com slash the distraction. Like if you want to treat it like sports and be like, Hey, this is my sports team and stuff. It's not a perfect analogy, even though triple H is talking about college and NFL and everything. So if you want to get invested in these people and be like, Oh, I want this person to succeed that you want your sports team to succeed. Like I can kind of get it. I think the issue, at least in my mind is like when the owner is actively telling you, Hey, you know, if you don't like, that I'm not making these good trades. If you don't like that, I'm benching our star player and things like that, then don't right. watch. Like I'd probably check out on my sports team if that was the case too. Yeah. And you know, just to add another disclaimer to what you said there, if you still enjoy the product, you're not wrong for that. You should no. like, if you like it, then all how I in people in the front of me know this. I'm not online telling people they're wrong for that. I'm giving my opinion. And I think, you know, people that watch this show are in a particular bubble, so our perspective is probably pretty overlapping. It's, I think it's important we have these conversations once time because it's like, I want it to be clear I'm not being performative with this. I'm just, this is where I'm at right now. And it, and it's relevant because when you see a guy who's as high up in the promotion for ages, and as you said, he's been saying it for years, but it really does ring true. It's like, okay, man, why are we even doing a media call now? You know, like we're just not even allowed to have any opinions on it. We can't say anything. We just have to stop watching. Like, okay, I'll take I'll, yeah, I'll take your advice. But as I say, this we'll be reviewing the show next Monday, so it's a big circle, and you know, whatever. Anyway, speaking of off. the media sure. call, well, the, the the super chat here from uh, JF Gators <laughs> Triple H's response to Mickey's all women's pay per view. You want to wrestle the best? Come work here. She did work there. Never got to wrestle, and you fired her. Joseph and I were talking about this off air, like. I was kind of more offended at this response than that. If you don't like it, don't want, cause they've been doing that shit for years. Like whatever the, this response was like, just, just give your cliche answer. Just be like, Hey, you know, good for her. Uh, you know, she's going to do this all women's pay-per-view. She's going to do what she wants. It's a shame. We couldn't get it worked out here. Whatever. We're still talking about doing evolution too. It's gotta be the timing and all this kind of stuff. Like give the cliche answer you've always been giving. And of course, you know, be like, you know, we'll see if we can work something out about women going there. Obviously, that wouldn't happen, but you know, give the the uh, the presence. Uh, I don't think that's the right word, but uh, give the um, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Joseph? Impression. Give the impression that yeah, maybe an yeah. NXT talent is going to go and work this NWA women's show or whatever. But the, the answer he gave was so was so so bad with the equality yeah. stuff and everything like dude what are you doing right. like this man is just clearly frustrated with a lot of things and if you're in that position yeah illusion there you go uh like if you're in that position maybe just don't do these media calls and stuff just just don't do it <laughs> look man i 
you if you and I hopped on and just spent an hour talking about like you know um, men and women and equality in pro wrestling, it would be dumb, right? For him to do it and actually like lecture people is really kind of embarrassing because you could pick so many holes in what equality actually is in wrestling. You could also point out that they've only even been close to that term in WWE for the last five years, and before that was not even on the scale. It's such a dumb comment. It's the kind of thing I expect to see, you know, under the absolute shittiest Twitter accounts in wrestling. Like, it is, you know. That's what Triple H has become. He's a Roman Reigns avatar. That's that's what he is. His, his, I, name, his name is, like, Acknowledge Me, HHH. That's his, everybody, if there, is there a Twitter user with Acknowledge Me, know. Triple H? He's got a Roman Reigns avatar, and it says, retweeted by Sasha Banks on this date. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag legit boss fan crew, whatever. Wow, this is, this is his up. burner account. This is Triple H's burner account. Look, I just think it's it can be a nuanced conversation, but he was so like, this is how it is, and it's just embarrassing. So we've actually spoken on the show before about the idea that like evolution in an ideal world, that pay-per-view completed, like com- that put a bow on all that had come before it, you know, in, in its own weird way. Um, but me saying that it's still more important to listen to the actual, like <laughs> the women that actually watch WWE. And this goes back to the prior point and God bless person in that super chat. I really do appreciate it, but this is why, you know, we, now I'm going to have to go back. We talk about that, that, you know, that resentment between audience and, and promotion. Has there been a pay-per-view in the last five years people like more than evolution? No. Why can't they just do another evolution? Why does it always have to be this push back and forth? It's just frustrating. It's it's unnecessary, right? Like it wouldn't would it hurt their business? And here's the crazy part, I mean, this this may, may come across wrong, but I mean it sincerely. In the COVID pandemic era, they had an excuse to do it without having to worry about ticket sales. They could have just done it as a network. But it has to be this, you know, no, we won't give you that. You know, and the, the audience is always pushing back and forth. People want it, just do it. And if it isn't as good, maybe then they won't want it again. I don't know, dude. Like it's it's so dumb in that you're right. Like, especially during the pandemic era, they could have just done it. All the talents in one spot anyway. You don't yeah, you don't have to worry about ticket sales or anything like that. You just do it as the network special. Not only do are like fans pushing for it, you can say it's a minority of fans, whatever. Like the talent is pushing for it too. I get like, all right, Mickey's trying to pitch an all women's brand if they don't want to do that, whatever. But like Every single woman has mentioned, hey, when are we doing Evolution 2? Like the top people too. Charlotte Flair. They love Charlotte Flair. Natalia, They love her. The Bellas. They're all like, when is Evolution 2? And it's just like, eh, equality. You're on the main roster with all of us. Like that's better than Evolution. That's better than having your own show, Joseph. Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss closing Monday Night Raw. Better than having an Evolution 2. I do think, oh, you're going to make me talk about Lily. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. We can move I want to say this. I do think it's important. I'm glad we spoke earlier about broader issues within the women's division because, like, it's very easy to just use that feud, and rightly so, it's terrible, but use, like, the Alexa stuff as the punching bag, and it's like, you know, that pill would be a lot easier to swallow if there were some good title programs. You know, Jeremy? Like, if 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 if, if just imagine a world where Charlotte, Asker and Rhea, that whole scene was interesting, maybe we would be able to tolerate more Alexa playing Bray Wyatt. The, the problem is they're focused on that while nothing else is good in the women's division. So it's a, it's a bigger issue than just 
Alexa and Shayna, bless them. I mean, I worry for both of those two, but that's another toy for another day. So, let's talk about, should we talk about Andrade now? Sure. I said this to you on air, off air. We're going to do it again, man. We played ourselves. We all, we, we played ourselves, we all laid it up and then blocked our own shot. And I don't know why we did this, because he requested his release and everyone was like, oh, he's going to AEW. And then inexplicably, within a day, we had decided to land him. We had decided that he was like never going to work for AEW because you know he's friends with Roosh. <laughs> he would never. And then like, I have no scoops but from the outside looking in. It feels like Andrade is really excited to have got this contract signed. I think this is a very important moment in the wrestling landscape, as we are now, just about a month, a little bit more away from all of this great talent being. You know, they're 90 days being complete and then there'll be a couple, you know, month or so more and we'll be the same thing. I think I think that this is a relevant moment in the sense that this is not a case of WWE and the rest. It's exactly what we kind of perceived it as, but we're all a little bit hesitant to say. It's WWE, big, huge gap, you know, daylight, AEW, and then another daylight. It's, it is, um, this isn't a case of, okay, they're going to be, everyone get their bids in. Right, this is a case of it. Seems to me, Jared, people want to be in all elite wrestling, the all elite fleet. Am I wrong? Do you think like, we're not scoops? We're, we're just talking here. But like Andrade feels like a, this feels telling to me. It seems that the perception for AW internally is that's the place to be, man. Like, I, you know, I don't think we're rushing to these other places. We're, for better or worse, I'm not saying that's good or bad for wrestling. I'm just saying it seems that way to me. We certainly. I mean, Tony Khan's got the pockets. If he wants a guy, he's going to get him, right? There, There's worry about, all right, where are you going to be in the shuffle with AEW? Because there's a lot of talent, and mm. they want to push a lot of talent. I think when you're a guy like Andrade, when you're a guy like Miro, say a Samoa Joe or an Aleister Black, because I mean, they are available if that, that's where they decide to go. I don't think those guys are quite as worried. Like I think, I think Miro is a great example because he came in a little lukewarm on the debut. We weren't really feeling that. I wasn't really feeling the Andrade debut. It yes. was a you know pairing with Vicky is kind of weird, but I think we all agree Miro is in a very great position right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe Andrade the first couple of months it won't work out. I, I think Andrade will be fine. The the talent is clearly there. The charisma is there he's working on his promos and stuff he's not even a guy that needs like a big time uh he's not he's not a guy that needs to cut like these major promos like the 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 end ring work is going to speak for itself they can get him a different mouthpiece so i don't think brick vicky is the person who, who should be doing his promos for him but yeah i thought i said last week i thought that i kind of thought i was just going back to wwe because he was taking his time and i thought he's just gonna mm-hmm. do his little uh uh an ROH run, do some matches in Mexico. You know, Charlotte's still in WWE and everything. I just thought he said he wanted to be WWE champion. I thought, ah, he'll just end up back there. Like they'll just resign him. If Tony Khan wants these people, like he's going to get them. And I think you're right in that. Like, I think these talents just want to work there. You talk, like you listen to a lot of these interviews and how everybody is just saying like, you know, it's a family there and they put each other over and like, it gets a little, uh, it gets a little annoying. When you listen to, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I hear every single AEW talent yeah. say this. I'm like, all right, dude, I get it. Like it's a family. Like 
I, I understand this stuff. At the same time, like I can't knock all this positivity, right? Like I can't, if everyone going there is like, Hey, this is great. I love it. Everyone's so kind. Everyone wants everyone to succeed. Like it's annoying to me as someone who is looking for stories and I don't want to write the the 300th, you know, this person says AEW is a family. Like that's not a story for me, but as someone who just enjoys, you know, wrestlers getting along and likes people to, to be happy and to succeed. I'm like, yeah, good. I'm glad this is happening. I'm going to, I'm going to go full stand Twitter now. You ready? Oh my God. Yes. Hey, Jeremy, have you seen Buddy Murphy's liked tweets? <laughs> I haven't. Like Kenny Omega. A yeah. lot of all elite graphics in the like yeah. tweet section of the Buddy Murphy. I, I think, would know I'm a stan. I think that's where he's going. Here's the other thing about AEW is it's like clearly they don't care if you work elsewhere, right? Like, yeah, exactly. This is the thing. Yeah, like you're not only on a major <laughs> company, on a major platform. It's like, yeah, if you want to go do matches in AAA or you want to go do matches in New Japan, if you want to show up in GCW oh, and fight right. Nick Gage, like go ahead. Do all that stuff. Like, not yes. only do you get the the attention and the promotion that you're looking for as a wrestler, like you also get the creative freedom. Just do the shit you you want to do outside of the promotion. There, there are two things that, and I know it sounded like a joke, guys, but that Buddy Murphy thing actually had me pondering something bigger. He's always been very public about the idea that he wants to wrestle Omega. Right? That's like his ultimate yeah. dream match, and we, you know, you didn't have to hear him say it to know that. Like, he's obviously taken a lot of Kenny stuff. Um. I think you and I as old cynics perhaps understate or under kind of appreciate just like how special is Kenny Omega is to the modern wrestler, you know? Like I think I think there's no way, it's not a coincidence and maybe it's lost on you and I that like you do these interviews, bro. Like every wrestler's, I want to wrestle Kenny Omega. Yeah. Andrade said it. And... I think that is a big factor. The idea that Kenny is considered the kind of critical, and you're not, we're not like big Kenny guys. We know he's a great parester. We're not like, oh my God, he's the, you know, the best human in the history of the world. But I think there's something to be said for the idea that a lot of these guys that are having these modern matches, he's like the ultimate. In addition to that, they now have a roster that's so big that if you've been in wrestling for two years, you probably know someone that works in AW. Like, it is an insane roster. You probably have a friend there. Like, we were just talking about Buddy Murphy. I know that he's – he and Drada and Ace Black, I'm pretty sure, is like a kind of a, a clique there of sorts. Not yeah. like Kev, uh, Razor, and, <laughs> and Sean, but like friends, as, as we would call it in real life. And I, I think – Exactly. And I think all of this stuff, like, you know, you, there's just – if you're a believer in the idea that current day wrestlers are a lot more kind of – um, you know, family's probably too strong. And I agree with what you were saying about that. A lot of people say about AEW, but like, they're just, you know, they're more pally, right? There's less competition because everyone just wants to have their cool matches, really. There's not nearly as much like, let me win. It's more, let me let me lose in 15, which is a big part of AEW's whole identity at this point. <laughs> I think with that in mind, it's like, okay, if they're, they are all more pally and, and friendly. It helps that they have this many guys on the roster because everyone knows someone. Everyone's got a friend at AEW. We were talking about Braun last week and I mentioned to you, He's probably an outlier. He still has the big shows there. Mark Henry's there. Like it's, there's a lot of dudes there, man. It's uh, it's an interesting time, and I think this is the reason I'm having this conversation now. Is I want to see what happens next. A guy like Samoa Joe, to me, he's not someone that's going to be moved or impressed by the idea that that's the hot place to be. Joe's been at the hot place to be many <laughs> times in the past. He does not care. Joe's going to follow the money, right? Like 
That's Joe. He's he's, he's a businessman. Yeah, a businessman, and he's he's a guy who I assume he wants to make some money here before he bids farewell to pro wrestling. He can always get a job as a commentator anywhere he wants. So it's like he'll be an interesting one to follow. Frankly, though, Jeremy, the rest of these guys, I think they're all looking in AEW's direction. I think they all perceive that to be the place to be. So I am I am very intrigued to see what's next. As a Joe fan, I'm a little bit anxious to find out. But the rest of them, I think this Andrade signing was a statement. Like, it's a matter of what TK wants to do. If they want to, if, you know, if if he wants them, they're probably going to be there. He's got the deepest pockets and he's got the, the biggest exposure to his promotion. All that good stuff. I, where do you think, Joe? Do you think he ends up in AEW? I know you're DMing him, you know, yeah. asking uh, where he's going to go and everything. Mm-hmm. Has he responded to you? He has not, but I think he's inactive on Twitter. He would have, if he, if he was uh, on, if he had logged on, he would have definitely. Look, I think, Joe, I've always said, I think AEW's, frankly, I think AEW would be foolish not to because I know, I get they have so many guys. Joe's pretty special, man. You know? I mean, this is not like, he's an, firstly, he's an older guy. So it's not like he's someone you have to lock in for 10 years of planning, right? It's like you get some cool yeah. matches out of Joe. You know, I feel like the AEW audience, which is, I don't mean this is a diss, but effectively the AEW audience is kind of disgruntled WWE fans. <laughs> like, I feel like that audience loves Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, like, 100%. Not not casual, casual too strong word, but the fan that's like doesn't star rate and fucking go on cage match and shit. I feel like all of those people are like, why did Jonah become WWE champ? And then it's the people that are further in the bubble that go, well, he got injured in January 2018, October 2018, and they start going for it. Most people are just like, dude, Joe's awesome. That's the kind of guy I want in AW. Now, if he goes to Impact, like everyone keeps telling me in my DMs, then I wouldn't be surprised because everyone keeps telling me in my DMs. But I, I still think AEW. What do you think? I, I think AEW too. And if he wants to go to Impact, and he can, like he can, he can still sign with AEW, right. and he could just appear on Impact Television. Like he can do all of this stuff. I think like this is what makes AEW so attractive is you can just you can work for these other promotions if you want to. Um, now I've just decided everyone's going to AEW, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to get fooled on this Andrade <laughs> thing again. Just, they're going to AEW. Braun is the one that I'm still like, no, this guy's going back to WWE, hundred percent. Like. I, I so just don't see that. Here's a bigger question. I know Bob O'Neill's coming to kill our viewership, but do you think TK has got a saying up his sleeve here? In the sense that, here's what my question is. I'll start with this. This is a small question and we'll go big big picture. Do you think Tony is going to be involved in this NWA woman's pay-per-view? Do you think he's oh, going yes. to give some talent? Okay, yes. so do I. Yeah. Would you... I share your, your take on that. And I am consistently pondering what this all means because look there's definitely something to be said for being awful kind and saying yes we'll work with you just to use Thunder Rosa I get that but like the writing's on the wall with Thunder Rosa right I mean when it's when she's free this seems pretty obvious she's going to AEW full time yeah is Tony preparing for some kind of actual move that more than just kind of you know handshakes here and there truly tries to unite these promotions because and I don't know what it would be, whether it be you know, a streaming service or some kind of shared event or any of this stuff. Frankly, Jeremy, I, I see very little reason for him to keep playing ball with NWA other than like to use Thunder Rosa. I mean, that's cool and all, but like, I don't know. Do you think there's an end game for Tony? Like, is he just playing nice and he wants to kind of change the, you know, the way people do stuff as a major promotion? When it comes to NWA specifically or just overall? Just generally. I mean, because Impact, we don't have to do this again, but 
people think Impact have got fleeced, and it's like, what have AEW got out of it other than the Gallows and Anderson stuff? Like, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just I, interesting because they don't need, as, as we just laid out, Trim, they have 100 wrestlers, they don't need to share with anyone. <laughs> they don't need anyone, right? I really think he just wants to kind of play nice with everybody and because he's in a position of power, you know, like AEW, like you said, like they, they don't, they use Thunder Rosa. Cool. Their television's better because they have right. Thunder Rosa. They can get Thunder Rosa once she's free in January. So they don't need to do too much on that front impact. All right. They've got Gallows and Anderson, but they, they don't need Omega as the impact champion. That doesn't, that doesn't do too much for them. It, it's not going to hurt them or help them. Either way, I, I really think he just wants to play nice with everyone. As far I don't think Impact is going to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna you know become like a feeder system for you or anything. You know, Tony, if anybody becomes free, Tony can offer these guys money and, and a position and everything. But then you got like the Impact guys, like you know they're not going anywhere. Some guys like Edwards and Callahan, like they're just gonna stay with Impact. Mm-hmm. Like they they need that spot. I think Tony just wants to prove that like we can all just kind of work together and help each other out and if we need guys we can use them and stuff and otherwise you know you guys can do your own thing and we'll continue to do our own thing i think i think tony helps out this this pay-per-view not because it's some type of like favor to the nwa i think mickey i mean mickey's the executive producer mickey has a lot of friends she's very well respected like i think it's more of a favor of of, to mickey to just be like you know brit like hey brit do you want to work this pay-per-view Sure. Like Tony's not going to mm-hmm. say like no to any of this stuff. And I don't think he, he wants like any type of money in return for it. It's just, it's a cool event. We'll see if Mickey can launch like an entire brand around this. Then you run into a thing of like, all right, are you going to be able, you're not using like AEW talent. If this is like a whole new brand, right. whole new promotion type thing. But I think for at least this event, Tony's like, whoever you want, Mickey, like whatever you want to do, you can have them. I also think, Tony probably wants to use Mickey at some point. So, like, it's even oh, yeah. more direct. Than, you yes. know, and, and part of it could be, it could be as simple as, you just pointed out, it's a positive when negotiating with guys. Hey, look, you come here and you're not having a great time, man. We can let you do two takings and impact. You can go over there and kick yeah. off. It's, it helps in that regard. I just, I do think it's, um, I, I do think it's an interesting thing to ponder of, like, what would actually be the effects of them tr- making something truly official? And what's interesting about that, obviously, is the NWA and Impact, I do not think, are particularly keen on, you know, getting in bed with each other. So it's something to think about. But either way, I think the Andrade sign is one where we all kind of in the bubble go, see, they're as far ahead as we thought they were, you know? I think when it comes to NWA and Impact, obviously there's tensions there because Corgan doesn't like them and everything because of the way he got outed. But Same. <laughs> <laughs> I still think like impact is going to let them use their talent. Cause I think people are going to want to attack. Obviously WWE won't. I think every other brand is going to want to attach their name to this and be like, see, we played good on this. Mm-hmm. We were part of this. We we're part of something special. We we're part of something unique. And, and again, Mickey has influence here. Mickey mentioned Deanna in an interview of, of somebody she likes, she would like on the pay-per-view. If Mickey comes to them and is like, hey, I want to use Diana, I don't think Scott Demore is going to be like, ah, you know, Billy Corgan doesn't really like us and we're not going to give you our women's champion or anything because that's a bad look for Impact. So I, I think everybody that can and that is approached and that is willing will allow their women talent to to work on this show. Bob's waiting, but I don't care. Do you think Mickey heard my speech last week where I did that really emotional, like everyone work together and do it for the best of the business? Do you think she heard so. that? Yeah, I honestly do. 
I do too. She shared my article once. It's interesting, Jeremy, is that Nick Aldis violently quote tweet dunked on me. Mickey James liked my article once. So, you know, these things happen in MMA as he once told me. Uh, I got to read the super chat. Vegas wraps it up tonight out of the wash. Go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. History bottom. Robert O'Neill's here. Hello, Robert O'Neill. Your mic is muted, you idiot. <laughs> it's a great start. Um, no, I mean I'm I'm tired today. I don't have anything. I told you that. And you told great. me. What are you here for? <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um, Will you? Will you, you know, figure it out? I want to apologize to you because the ads were up 2-0 when you came on the Robert O'Neill penalty box. Yeah, who they, yeah, who whose sports franchise are you gonna ruin today? <laughs> Joseph, you want to talk about the uh, Sixers for three minutes? Absolutely not. No, do not talk about the Sixers ever. You still pretend Embiid is bad. Ben Simmons is bad. All of these things. I'm not talking about it. I bet on Embiid to win the MVP this year. Well, you're an idiot. He was obviously going to get injured. Why would you do that? Never never going to win that award. It's true. (laughs) I I think here's my genuine take on that whole situation. I think both awards that featured Sixers guys in the final three went to the right winner. I really do. Yeah. You know, Ben Simmons is an amazing defender. Defending's a it's, it's a lot easier when you have Embiid behind you. It, look, yeah. Gobert's got his flaws, but at least they build the defense around him. Ben's got Embiid in the paint, so it's different. Yeah, and I mean, I don't like Gobert, like, but no. he's good. He's obviously yeah. very good. He's one of the players of the year four times or whatever at this yes. point. I mean, oh. are we talking about this for three minutes? Because I haven't got anything to say. O'Neal said he didn't have anything to talk about, so well, I just figured once he started talking, I was going to start his time. That's fine. We're just riffing, man. We're having a good time. Did I not give you an idea? We're just riffing, says Robert O'Neill. Did I not give you an idea? Yeah, you did. I'm getting to that. We got time to fill. Um, you know, last week you guys said what shows you're going to be at. I did not get a chance to say where I'm going to be. <laughs> so if you're going to be you know, at SummerSlam or uh, Full Gear – or maybe this NWA Women's Show, since it's going to be right down the street from me, apparently. I will uh, be at all those. So, Do you do you need me to talk to, to Nick and get you tickets for that? Right uh, for the Women's Show, yes. For the Anniversary Show, I will not be attending. Fair. So, Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Joseph, uh, should I tell everyone what our next TNA podcast is? Yes, you should, Robert O'Neill. So we're going to do a Slammiversary, and then I'm like, oh, this company – was like formed in June of 2002. So we're watching the first TNA pay-per-view sometime this weekend. Like the first weekly pay-per-view? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to be good, but, uh, you know. No, it's not a good show. Can we all take a moment to appreciate that Bob, he thought we were watching Slammiversary, but then only just realized that June marks the anniversary. Of course, Bob, that's the whole point of Slammiversary. It's the Mm -hmm. anniversary of the, that's the whole point of it, boy. Anyway, it's not their big show, though. It's July now, so I get it. I get the confusion. Now, look, yeah. here's the situation. I Bob texts me or DM me, whatever that one. He goes, the first weekly one, because he's listening to Jeff Jarrett podcast like I am. Yeah, and I'm very like, good. I enjoy like, it. Listen, it's great. But I said, listen, Bob, this is a very bad show. No, we're not doing this. And I was in the process of trying to say a lot ruder than that. And then I was like, hang on, how long is this show, Bob? Aaron 40, Jeremy. An hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Sounds like the best TNA pay-per-view ever, if you ask me, yes. baby. Yeah. We only do weekly shows now. We're ready to go. That's a big part of it, because uh, that three-hour one was rough, and it almost killed Joseph. I missed, like, three shows. Very sad. Yeah. 
it's a Saturday night. We're taping this too. Like, I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> watching like Jeff Jarrett hang up the King of the Mountain title and all this stuff. I like <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. I don't have to watch him wrestle, do I? It's not no yeah. need for it. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about how the viewership drops during this segment. You know what? If you don't like it, don't watch. <laughs> they're they're listening to you. We've done that bit. I know. They're, they're listening to you. Um, they got five seconds left. Do you have uh, any comments on the quality before you get out of here, Bob? <laughs> I think that. Uh, it- Good job. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> It timed that well. I don't know if he actually has comments on equality, but it was very, it was, it was good timing for him to hit that right at the Folks, mark. head to Twitch to find out Robert O'Neill's full on equality. <laughs> Is he going to be on Twitch with us? Oh, O'Neal? God. Do you want to do Twitch God. with us? I see you're still backstage. Nod your head. Okay, just nodded his head. All right, good. Uh, I'll like Twitch with us. We haven't got anything to talk about. Clearly, we haven't spoken about anything. They've been away for an hour. I don't know how we managed to get a show out of this shit, Jeremy. We need we need AEW on Wednesdays. We're an AEW review podcast. This is the nightmare. This <laughs> we did forty minutes on the WWE Women's Division. Why did we, why, why did we do that? It was my fault. I kept going. I kept going. It's terrible, terrible, terrible scenes. I apologise for this show, folks. It will soon be back on the Wednesday nights. We can all, you know, we can all enjoy ourselves again. Anything else you want to talk about? I feel like we've hit everything. You excited for Against All Odds? You didn't even know the show was taking place like two no. days ago. <laughs> I did not. Um, this is the Moose one, or is the Sammy Callahan included, do we think? Not unless that happens tonight, which... Did, did you see that graphic of, of Tony, Don, and Scott, like like the Goodfellas poster? Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> that was good, Tony right? Tony going to be on Impact tonight. It'll probably be yeah. good. Can you settle this? Because Tony... There you go. Tony Schiavone gets very upset about this. Is Tony Khan a good promo? He does them all in one take. He's a fantastic yeah. promo. Unscripted and everything. Did you see Shivani's Shivani's tweet? He's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. This guy's not a good promo. <laughs> like, yeah. like people are sliding his DMs reviewing his <laughs> tremendous stuff. Um, I am reviewing against the odds on Monday. So my good. review will be sounds like it was a good match, or nope, yeah. didn't watch that. that I'll be doing review. that and NXT Takeover, which the kids would say seems bad, Jeremy Lamb. It seems real, real bad. But what you takeover? Know? I will have thoughts on. I'll, I'll be doubling up my thoughts on takeover because I'm doing the post show on Sunday as well. Sorry to hear that. I'm doing it with uh, the great Denise Salcedo. Oh my! We're just gonna yeah. That's a, that's, I don't know she's how big draw. Big she draw. Is. She is. Put me over on that show, will you, Jeremy? I will. People happy for us to go now. Can we leave? Yeah, we have to still. Do you want to join the women's division? <laughs> Which one? Did you see that segment on Raw where the where Lily was involved? And I haven't seen it discussed much on my timeline. Did you, did you see this segment? No. You want to talk more about ladders? No, I, I no. I I liked our friend John Alba. We're your friend. I don't actually know John Alba, but he seems cool. He has a blue tick. So everyone has a blue tick, my friend, because I'm selling my soul these days. But he was like, "Are you I, like? I'm pretty sure we could get you a blue tick. I don't. I don't want one. No, I don't I want, want to be a seller. I don't want. I just want yeah. to use people to have them." Yeah, we're um, not selling out. We are not selling out. Poor everybody. John Alba was like just a 25 tweet friend. <laughs> I was like, John, I was really like, John, bless your cotton socks, man. This is not this is not the tough the stuff to review this way, my friend. It's you know, it's a little doll, isn't it? They're just doing horror movie stuff, Jeremy. Why are we analyzing this? Why do we talk about any of this? Why do we do a wrestling podcast? We shouldn't. Triple H just told us. We don't have to do any of this. 
It's terrible. It's terrible times. Um, you know I, what? You um, know what, folks? We're no longer a wrestling podcast. <laughs> if you if you want non wrestling talk, go to Twitch, twitch.tv slash fightful gaming. The yeah. best show we've ever done took place on Tuesday where we talked about Mighty Ducks for an hour and a half with SB3 and Steven Jensen. Go watch that show. Death to pro wrestling, Jeremy. <laughs> Death to this is what happens when they take AEW off Wednesdays. I start losing my mind. I'm asking Samoa to DM me. He's not DMing me anytime soon, I don't think. It's just terrible. I don't know what to do, Jeremy. I don't know. Next week, I think I'm pretty sure Dynamite's on a Friday again next week. It might maybe next week's the Saturday. Now the, the 26th is a Saturday night special. Dynamite's on a Friday next week. I'm gonna look at the schedule. I'm gonna double check this. Next week, Joseph. What if we just don't do a wrestling podcast? We'll do this show. Oh, we have to because Why? they'll probably re- they'll probably release people. And everyone will like get excited <laughs> coming here, and we can speculate wildly about people that are not going to be free for three months. Yeah, Dynamite is on Friday next week. Well, you know, we'll we'll have already talked about Dynamite a little bit. I'm sure on the Twitch show, we'll have reviewed Takeover. Raw is not going to get us anything to talk about. I don't care about NXT. Which we'll do a wrestling podcast next week. What are we going to do? Because I might not want to talk about the Sixers, by the way. We don't know what will have happened with the Sixers. Yeah, I won't, I won't have hockey to talk about. Um, <laughs> so what are we going to do? Just stare at each other for an hour? That's it. That's our show next okay. week. All right, everybody? Okay. We're just going to stare at each other. You know what, Joseph? Okay. I, I got an idea for next week, okay? Is it a good idea or one that's going to No, it's god-awful. It's horrible. But this is our show next week. It might be our shortest show ever. I We have a special show for everybody next week, okay? Okay, is there a WWE pay-per-view next week before we confirm this? Because I don't know. Oh, yeah, there is Hell in a Cell. I think. Is Hell in a Cell next week? I have no idea. It has to be Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's June 20th, so that would be next week. Sorry to hear that. Who cares? Who cares? Hey, listen, I've got a victory lap to take for that pay-per-view. They booked the match, so I think they're going to book tomorrow night on SmackDown. I'll I'll have a victory lap to take, which you are refusing any guilt in, which is disgraceful. You should be ashamed. Oh, Roman, Roman and Ray? Yes, and the People in the chat may remember it. Jeremy Lambert legitimately laughed at me. I was like, you know, he's got guys to wrestle. Ray Mysterio, and he was like, <laughs> Ray Mysterio is a loser with one eye. And I was like, he might. <laughs> and he's getting Yeah, it. great. I'm real excited for this pay-per-view. Roman against the loser with one eye. He ruled. Then don't do that. That's too far. Okay? That's too far. If you don't like it, don't watch it. That's what I say. I wish. Yeah. I wish I could. Same rule goes for this podcast, folks. We can see that it's shit, but if you don't like it, just don't watch it. Don't tell us about it. Yes, I get it, guys. Hell in a Cell's next Sunday. <laughs> did you know this, Joseph? Hell in a Cell's next Sunday? I did think so, yeah. I mean, I thought so when you said it, and then when the whole chat said it too, I was like, must be. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about Hell in a Cell. Yeah. You want to talk about Lily? No. Maybe we'll do what I what I just came up with five minutes ago when, instead of doing a wrestling podcast. And I'm not going to clue anybody in on except myself. Okay. Would you like to talk about the Roman Reigns angle being potentially overrated and then we can just like shout at each other and get angry about it? <laughs> Would you like to do that? Nothing happens, Joseph. Nothing happens in the angle. Bro, Paul Heyman <laughs> just makes faces. He goes, right. See, here's the, here's the thing that popped me, okay? There is, there's, definitely, there's definitely real – you could have a conversation about the pacing of the program. And some of the presentation choices, like you could with any program. But I do love, and the tweet popped me, so no doubt, Whisper is in Godless, there's a funny tweet, but 
I love that, like, the explanation for it, like, you could do for any wrestling angle ever, right? Like, literally any angle ever you could, like, and all he did was, like, made faces, said the same stuff everywhere. It's like, yeah, man, wrestling's dumb. I agree. Let's stop. Let's stop the podcast. <laughs> Death through it. I'm ending it. I'm going to get rid of it. I've had enough of it. I, I will wait for Samoa Joe to make his choice. And if he's watching the show, which I know he is, he is now on your shoulders, Samoa Joe, man. Because if you do something that I do not like, I will end professional wrestling. I'll, I've had enough of it. I'll click the finger. No more to pro wrestling. Good night, everyone. Help us kill pro wrestling. Sign up to our Patreon, The Distraction. I don't know what our Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Distraction. Uh, we'll be on Twitch in the next 15 minutes. So twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Um, and that's it. That's it. All right, Joseph, do you want to plug anything? The GOAT Molly Bell back on Twitter. Everyone go say hi to Molly. You didn't see this? Mm. Oh, yes. She, she tweeted. Very happy. All right, everyone. We'll catch you all on Twitch. And we'll catch you all for a potentially special episode next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.